Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2,200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. On behalf of Megan and myself, we'd like to wish you a safe and festive holiday with your family and friends. Megan and I are also taking a break, but to keep the podcast going over the holidays, we are excited to bring you the It's Time For You 2021 Summer Series. We have chosen as part of the series to replay some of our most loved podcasts of 2020. To kick us off, we are replaying the popular Winning With Wieners podcast, which I recorded back in June 2020 with our very own Megan Rogers. You may already know, but Winning With Wieners is one of the popular flagship workshops at Sheep Connect New South Wales. With the pandemic closing workshops back in June, Megan and I felt it was still important to get this information out to you. Over the summer months, it will be important to keep an eye on your wieners as the pasture haze off and feed quality decreases. It will also be necessary to keep track of your progress towards your target weaning weight. Wieners have long been a problematic cohort of animals for sheep producers to manage. Many years of research has been conducted to improve performance and productivity of the youngest animals in the Australian sheep flock. Australian Wool Innovation has reviewed this research and bought the Australian sheep industry one of Sheep Connect New South Wales flagship workshops winning with wieners. Due to the current global pandemic, Sheep Connect New South Wales has just released this workshop in an online format as a webinar, which can be accessed from our website on www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au. In this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by Megan Rogers, our Sheep Connect New South Wales project manager. Many of you would recognize Megan in this role, she is also the principal of her agricultural consulting business, Megan Rogers Consulting Proprietary Limited, incorporating Sheep Smart Solutions and provides a range of consulting services to farmers and corporate clients. Megan has been at the helm of her business since establishing it in 2013, after a career spanning some 16 years with the New South Wales DPI. Based out of her farm office in the heart of the sheep wheat belt in Forbes, central New South Wales, Megan and her husband operate a mixed farming operation with pole merinos and dry land cropping. I've invited Megan to join us today to talk about winning with wieners. Welcome, Megan, and thank you for joining the podcast. Hi, Fiona. Thanks for having me along. It's um, it's interesting to be um, an interviewee rather than an interviewer at this point in time. So yeah, thanks for having me. Megan, to start us off, why are wieners problematic for sheep producers and how much do they really cost the Australian sheep industry? Fiona, 
Wieners are, are problematic for sheep producers because they tend to be a difficult cohort to manage. And, you know, I mean, we hear lots of cute anecdotes about them not loving their life and, and that kind of thing and, and, you know, being difficult and that they've got, you know, one aim in life and that's not to thrive. But really they are a problem because they do require a more astute level of management and it's really important that we do something about that and proactively manage our weaners because at the end of the day they're the future of our, our flocks but weaner ill thrift is the fourth biggest cost to our industry. It comes, comes behind neonatal mortality, internal parasites and dystochia and after that is is weaner ill thrift and you know if if we can really think about managing our weaners and preventing that ill thrift or minimizing that ill thrift then there's a whole lot of benefits that we can realize in our own sheep production operation yeah over the years megan we've all heard the terms thrown around weaner mortality and ill thrift and mortality is an obvious direct cost and is therefore fairly easily measured but the impacts from weaner ill thrift have must have a huge effect on the lifetime productivity of the flock can you take us through that please yeah sure fiona we've got in in the short term um, obviously, we can finish up with some, you know, a higher level of mortality, so animals might die. And and ill thrifty weaners, you can get 50% of the ones that are exhibiting ill thrift, um, you know, not making it. Um, we can get a lower wool cut and reduce wool quality in our young animals and in with our weaner wool or our lamb's wool, um, which decreases the value. Uh, we can um, see um, a 3.75% reduction in the joining rates and the fertility rate of our um, hoggett merinos, so when they're joining as, as maidens. Um, if we're finishing animals and particularly thinking about the brothers of our, our ewe weaners, um, we can really see that ill thrift can cause a fewer lambs reaching their sale target weight, and that might be an increasing cost due to having to keep them on farm, on feed for longer, or it might be a decrease in revenue because they're not meeting market specifications and they're attracting a lower price at the market um, in, the, in the particular market that you're selling them into. Um, and then we've also got the opportunity cost of our, our dead weaners. So we've purchased a ram team and we've, um, we've joined them. We've also fed our pregnant ewes. Our ewes are cutting less wool because they're carrying lambs. And then um, we've got an increase of um, the DSE rating of our pregnant ewes. In terms of at their first joining, um, ill thrift on, on weaners can impact on our flock productivity at their first joining. So we can get an increase in percentage of our dry ewes, a decreased percentage in our twins. Uh, fewer ewe hoggets are reaching their target live weight by joining, which just results in lower fertility. So, you know, we, we really are quite compelled as managers, particularly if we're looking to be built, rebuilding our flock, working on our young animals because they're the future of the flock and, and that's where we can make up some numbers. That's where we can, you know, really work on, um, you know, working with, with as many of those young animals as we've got. I guess I'll, I'll talk now um, about the medium term in terms of, of what some of the impacts are. And, and I guess one of the key benchmarks that I wanted to, to mention was that at nine months of age, if you've got a low live weight, um, then you can expect that animal um, to give you a decreased lifetime net reproduction rate. 
And the the difference in the weight in kilos isn't a hell of a lot. Um, New South Wales DPI conducted some research at the Trangy Research Station, um, and many people would have um, been would be familiar with the um, the results of that because there's, there's been lots of um, papers written about it. But they basically in the C and D flock, the bottom 25% on live weight um, of any of the young ewes um, went through and produced a lower net reproduction rate compared to the average or the top 25%. And that was three and a half times the difference. So the bottom 25% compared to the top 25%, the top 25% gave three and a half times better net reproduction rate. Um, and that's based on, on that benchmark of that nine months of age, which is really important because you know that that's setting them up for their uh, a successful first joining. I guess in, in the longer term, um, you know, having fewer animals to select from is going to put more selection pressure for desired traits. We might have to be keeping animals in that we don't necessarily uh, want to keep in just to make up numbers. And that's going to decrease the rate of genetic gain in our flock, which is another, um, you know, I guess it's an impediment to our, our long-term sustainability as a, as a sheep, sheep producer. Huge impacts there, Megan, for productivity and profitability. When Elfrith is most prevalent, I'm assuming in the tail of our flock, what makes these weaners most at risk? Oh, that, that's a good question, Fiona. Like we've, our weaners that are most at risk are the little ones um, and they might be the small singles, they might be the late born ones, twins or multiples. Importantly, we need to think about um, keeping our, our um, our program compact and thinking about how we go about managing those animals and, and you know, we, we want to try and set up the ewes to have a good lactation so that, that our, our lambs are good lambs and, you know, it's like managing weaners isn't just about managing the cohort of weaners, it's about managing our whole, whole um, enterprise but thinking about what makes, what goes towards producing, you know, good quality weaners and having them going forward. We want them thriving. Megan, in recent years, the Australian sheep industry has focused really heavily on improving animal productivity and welfare. So we must be in a better place now to improve weaner performance, are we not? Oh, definitely, definitely, Fiona. We've got quite a lot of information now that's readily available to us. We've got plenty of tools online and um, through the Winning with Weaners um, uh, workshop development, there is a feed budget table now for merino weaners for both ewe weaners and weathers. Um, that also helps people chart um, some of the key weights that we want to um, like hit and some of the, the targets that we need to hit to ensure that once our ewes as hoggets are joined, that they're going to be you know, giving us a lifetime of productivity, which is really what we want from those animals. We don't we don't want to uh, to be um, giving them less opportunity than they deserve to give us a lifetime of productivity. Yeah, so we've got other workshops which help us learn the skills required to manage all classes of stock on our on our property. Uh, lifetime year management is a, a case in point where we learn pasture skills, uh, pasture assessment skills, sorry, as well as feed budgeting 
and livestock assessments. So, you know, we, we learn to condition score um, breeding ewes with a high degree of accuracy and proficiency and confidence. And, and the same goes, same applies to our feed budgeting and pasture assessment. And they're, they're key skills in terms of um, managing all classes of our livestock to learn and incorporate into our routine management. And those skills and that knowledge helps us set our weaners up for a trajectory to hit and exceed a lot of those targets that we're after. We're fortunate as an industry to have information like that available to us. With a greater scope for improving weaner performance that's out there, what's the latest and greatest as far as industry recommendations go? Where do we begin? Well, we begin by planning ahead. That's the first thing that's really important. Like Good weaner management isn't something that is is just here today and gone tomorrow. It's it's about setting those animals up, and it starts right back at joining, and it starts with having a five week joining, uh, and then selecting and and oh, lambing our ewes down well, of course, and then selecting and and preparing good weaner paddocks. Um, you know, we we want our ewes to lamb down well. We want them to milk well. We need to think about what we're going to do with those weaners at weaning time. Weaning on time um, is really important both for the weaner and the ewe. Um, the lamb isn't getting a hell of a lot of energy from its mum uh, come weaning time. It's getting, as some people quite um, spectacularly refer to, it's getting companionship and worms. So again, weaning and weaning on time. Um, lamb marking procedures are really important in terms of limiting the amount of time the ewe and lamb are separated, but also things like, um, you know, just good hygiene and making sure that animal husbandry is done to the you know best standards possible. And then there's effective imprint feeding. And that's something that really sets those animals up for a lifetime of productivity as well, because we know that at 12 weeks of age, if you do an effective imprinting in, imprint feeding protocol, those animals will remember that for life. And the important part there is to, to make sure that, that you've got animals that are coming to the, to the feed, you're feeding them what, what they're likely to be being fed you know, in later episodes. But importantly, when those young animals are coming to the feed, they've got to be eating. They've got, they can't be coming to the feed trail and socialising because they haven't yet realised what, what the purpose of that feed trail is. They've got to be coming and eating and we want them to we want 90% of them to be eating for it to be an effective imprinting process. You mentioned one of the current industry recommendations then was a five week joining Megan is this is quite short shorter than some producers might do what's the benefit of a five week joining? Well a five week joining is two estrus cycles and with well prepared breeding ewes you should be expecting over three quarters, and certainly in an autumn, you would expect be expecting over probably 80% of use to join on the first cycle. So giving them two full cycles should really um, be giving us a good tight joining. And the, the extra lambs that you're going to get from extending that joining is really, um, you know, you, you've got ewes there that have a lower propensity to join. They might be lower fertility. Um, they they're contributing very few lambs to the cohort, but those lambs are going to be in the tail and they're going to be exacerbating the tail. So by having a concise joining, we're limiting the, the impact and the opportunity for those young lambs to be really sort of 
giving us a bigger tail than what we uh, need to see. Like, and it's a tail is something that we we want to try and minimise. And like we talk about the tail in our wieners, which are the smaller ones and the and the ones that are, are suffering from ill thrift, basically. So, um, a five week joining just means that our, our lambs are going to be of more consistent weight at weaning time. I mean, five weeks is still you know, there's, there's going to be a difference between the one born on the first day and the one born on the last day. So the longer that joining is, the greater that difference is going to be. Mm, certainly an opportunity to make management easier in some respects. Megan, targeted weaning weight, how do producers know what their targeted weaning weight should be? Fiona, our target weaning weight is a weight that we should aspire to for our weaners at weaning time and it's it's pretty much the average but you want the vast majority of animals to be reaching a target weaning weight and that target weaning weight is 45 percent of the standard reference weight of your breeding ewes now in order to calculate your target weaning weight you need to know that standard reference weight and the standard reference weight is what the weight of the average um the average weight of your ewes that are dry, so they're not pregnant, they're bare shorn, so they're not carrying any fleece weight, they're in condition score three, and they have no gut fill, so they've they've had a curfew time to allow the gut fill to not contribute to their weight. And, and that then, when we take 45% of our standard reference weight, that then gives us a target weaning weight. And we can use that standard reference weight to help us benchmark further um, opportunities during the growth of those weaners, i.e. at 10 months of age, 18 months of age, um, you know, as they as they progress and grow. And there's, there's industry benchmarks there for targets that we should be hitting to try and achieve those uh, weights. So in terms of what our target weights are um, and, the, and the percentage of our standard reference weight targets, so our target weaning weight being 45% of our standard reference weight, uh, and then at 18 weeks, it's 46% of our standard reference weight. At seven months of age, it's 50% of our standard reference weight. At 10 months of age, it is 60% of our standard reference weight. And then 18 months of age, a really, really important benchmark, um, which is hoggett joining, we want them to be at least 80% of our standard reference weight. And, and that is directly going to impact on how well those hoggets join up as young ewes. So hitting those those benchmarks, and some of them are pretty easy to hit and require not a hell of a lot of, of um, weight gain, but you need to be making sure that you're getting at least 50 grams per head per day out of those weaners. Um, number one, to be mitigating against um, ill thrift and higher mortality rates. We know that anything above 50 grams, the mortality rate in those weaners drops off significantly. So we, we, that's, a, that's another benchmark that's a really important one for people to consider. Yeah, those benchmarkings you just mentioned are really, really fundamental. What, what can producers do to make sure that they're achieving really good post weaning growth rates and then hitting those benchmarks? That's a that's a good question, Fiona, and and it's a, a really important and I guess it underpins. You know, you, you want them to join well as as eighteen month olds. So and it starts with planning. So it starts with getting you using good nick, making sure that they join well, that they lamb down well, that they milk well, um, that you've got a concise joining period of time, 
Um, but also that, that five weeks that I talked about, also thinking about what you do with those post, post weaning, you need to make sure that those animals are getting enough feed on offer. So you, you need those benchmarks uh, to understand what's in the paddock. 1,800 to 2,000 kilos of dry matter um, that's green is preferable. Green feed is really, really important. A bit of legume would be even better. Um, we need to make sure if we are supplementary feeding those animals that we get our feed tested because we need a higher level of protein for young growing animals than dry adult mature animals. So therefore we need to make sure that we are balancing our energy and protein and that if, if as I said, if it's if you've got green in the paddock, then that's great because you're probably going to have more than adequate protein. Um, but if it's a dry pasture, then you might need to be supplementing to, to add some protein to, to their intake to help them continue along. We, I know here in the, the Central West, we see all too often our summer weaners that have, well, weaners that were born in the spring over summer get to sort of January, February when, you know, if we've missed a few showers of rain and, and you see it happen, you know, all around the place, they've missed a few showers of rain, there's no green left in the paddock and they start to flatline. And you could be feeding them plenty of grain, but the grain mightn't have enough protein, therefore those animals aren't going to be going forward towards the targets. And that's that's really what we want to be doing. We want that end game, we want that target at, in the forefront of our mind in terms of providing nutrition and good animal husbandry, making sure that we're um, keeping our animals free of internal parasites. Uh, that's really important. And a way we can do that is by weighing them. If we don't weigh them regularly, by the time we see those animals going backwards, it's been too late and we're going to miss targets. So we need to make sure that we're weighing those with a degree of regularity as well and making sure that they're um, that we're taking care of them after we wean them. You know, we, we've sort of you can't expect them to to know where where the water is in, in new paddocks and things like that because they just don't know where it is. So we either need to to provide some management around those animals that helps them, that we can take them to the water each day, or we can put some other, other sheep with them to help train them to the water and, and the other physical features of, of their weaning paddocks. Thanks, Megan, for producing a snapshot of the information Sheep Connect New South Wales has collated for weaner management. As restrictions ease later in the year, we look forward to seeing you at our comprehensive Winning with Wieners workshops. Join our network on, via our website for more information. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time for You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au. Find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year. Thanks again for joining us today. Bye for now.